Do you think that a deal will be struck with Lamar Jackson before the season begins? DaCosta has been very clear and his, I mean, his history has been that he's going to, he wants to get guys done early. See, this is why Lamar doesn't need an agent, Brian, because he just can listen to the podcast. You just basically laid out the entire contract. Are you working on the inside here? Are you expecting a commission check out of this? Hey, I would love it. I'd take a percent. I agents get, what, three and something? I'd be happy to take a half a percent of that. Welcome into the lounge. We are just a week and a half away from training camp. Two weeks? What are we at now, Garrett? I mean, rookies are going to be in the building next week. Yeah. They report well, I next mean, week. like the... The first full team practice. That's really yeah, the first, when training I know, camp That's when it really uh, – we're, we're two weeks away from that. I think it's yeah. two weeks from today. So um, it's going to be here in no time. And just having rookies back next week, which is six days away, elevates like the, the overall excitement in the building. Then quarterbacks report two days later. Then the full team reports on the 27th. So it's going to be – there's a lot that's going to happen over the course of the next two weeks, and I'm really excited. Yeah, me too. If you hear more of an echo coming from Garrett, it's because he's in his new home, which, um, you know, for the listeners out there is, uh, you know, a massive you gotta give the mansion. Address. It's a mansion. There, there, <laughs> a mansion. Yeah, it's right. a mansion. There's, you know, I'm in the bunker down here with my chick, my cans of chicken noodle soup. You know, <laughs> you don't have a small room. You don't have a room this small in your new mansion, do you? No, the, the truth is I don't have any furniture. So it's, it's, there's no <laughs> furniture. That's If there's any echo, that's why. It just reverberates off the empty walls. I see <laughs> you, you, you've got a nice setup for Final Drive. you got a little lounge logo in there, I noticed. I, well, that's the key. I'm trying to help with the branding of the lounge to get the people to, to listen, to subscribe, to download, send the emails, give us the ratings, all of it. Have, have, you, sent, uh, have you been sending the T-shirts? With me still yeah, we're almost out of t-shirts. That's the truth. We are close to out of t-shirts. We're not, we're not completely out. But thanks to your boy here, there's been a lot of t-shirts that have been going out to the listeners over the course of the last two wow. weeks. So also thanks to the listeners for sending in great emails. But I've been getting those emails out or getting those t-shirts out. So there's going to be a lot of, I mean, we got, we got the little sign for Final Drive. We got a lot of people who are going to have t-shirts. People are going to be talking about the lounge left and right. All over the place this year. <laughs> it's about to blow up. And, and yeah, now, it's going to be a record year. Exactly. And now we have another great guest. Uh, we're going to welcome on Brian McFarland uh, to the lounge today. You'll know him from, uh, from Russell Street Report. He does a lot of salary cap analysis. You can follow him on Twitter, at Raven Salary Cap. Uh, Brian's really kind of in the weeds with salary cap issues. He's just you know a smarter guy than us. Uh, so we go to him when, you know, Eric DaCosta and Nick Matteo and Pat Moriarty, you know, sometimes they like to keep the cards a little close to the vest, right? So when we want some analysis of salary cap issues, then we go to Brian. And so we're going to talk to him a lot about uh, Lamar Jackson's contract. I don't know if you heard about this, Garrett, but <laughs> Lamar Jackson is in the midst of negotiating an extension. So um, we're going to talk to Brian about that. Well, Brian, thank you for joining us. And, uh, as you could expect, we are going to talk a lot about Lamar Jackson's pending contract extension. Um, so we'll start big picture, okay? Do you think that a deal will be struck with Lamar Jackson before the season begins? It certainly seems like that's their intention. Um, it is, as, as a lot of people have said and, and has been written, that uh, Lamar without an agent creates some challenges um, that potentially could delay it. 
but it certainly seems like the Ravens are are interested in getting it done. And certainly, you know, if you look at, uh, you know, Mahomes last year and, and Watson last year and then um, Wentz and golf the year before for the top level um, quarterbacks, um, you know, the year after the third year, after the third year, they're eligible for the extension. And that's when it happens. Obviously, for the latter two, it's worked out pretty well. I guess the former two is to be determined. Um, but that certainly seems to be the time. And, you know, now if there was an agent, the agent I'm sure would be pushing it because they want their uh, they want their check out of it. They want their uh, percentage. But, um, you know, so <laughs> it's possible Lamar could say, you know what, we'll wait it out till we get the right offer. Um, but certainly it seems like the Ravens are eager to get it done. Interesting. So, so why, why do you feel like it's more likely to get done now as opposed to next off season? Well, you know, originally, actually, I, I just think because of the, because of the, the conversations, the way the Ravens are putting it out there, um, that they want it. Now, maybe that's just, we want you and we want to have you and it's just, you know, playing nice. Um, but I had originally thought they would wait till next year. Um, the Ravens are tight against mm. the cap. There's not a lot of space. So that's where the maneuvering is. And that's where the agent kind of can come in handy is, hey, look, you know, we've only got this much space. Um, and so the agents know how to work around that and, uh, you know, uh, create and make it you know work for the future for the player. Whereas sometimes maybe, you know, that's, you know, when you don't have an agent. And I'm sure they have plenty of advisors around who, you know, who have done this. They're just not necessarily agents. But um so my original thought was they would wait till next year, wait till the cap, you know, the next year's cap is set. And then then they'll have an idea of, you know, what the future caps will look like a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess, you know, like I said, it seems like the Ravens seem interested in, in getting it done. You know, there's a couple of schools of thought here. One is get it done. You got your quarterback under contract for however long the contract is player certainly would love that he's got a long-term deal and, and everyone can be happy the benefit to waiting is the things kind of that you just talked about the salary cap is a little bit uncertain right now in future years um, you can have the benefit of the player playing out his fourth year on the rookie contract you know the other part here is if you wait does the price go up like everyone just keeps getting the new deal everyone gets a new deal and everyone wants to top the player who just got the highest contract you know, Joe Flacco was the highest paid player for what about five minutes before someone else got the contract. I can't remember who was next in line. <laughs> so, could you talk about that a little bit and what you see as the biggest benefits and reasons to getting a deal done now as opposed to waiting? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it, it certainly seems like the Ravens feel Lamar's the guy. Now, if there's some questions in their mind, and that's just you know what they're saying publicly, but they'd like to see him get another year under his belt. Um, then, you know, before committing big money to him, then, you know, then you want to wait. Uh, but you're right. If, if he does have another year like last year or even the year before, even more so, then, you know, then, then the, you know, the, you know, the 40 million a year price tag goes to 45. And, you know, he wins a Super Bowl, he, you know, he wins an MVP or both, you know, then you're lo- maybe you're looking at 50. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as you said, there's, there's, there's kind of a line. You've got Josh Allen. Uh, probably the one who's closest to Lamar now, Baker Mayfield being a little further behind, perhaps. But, you know, uh, one of those guys is going to push 40 and then it's the next guy in line. Um, Mahomes is Mahomes is a little more of an outlier there. He's, 
you know, his his the the length of the deal and the money. I don't think anybody's going to want that or hit that structure. Um, that's just a unique deal. But you look at um, Dak Prescott hit forty uh, on the nose. Um, um, Watson was just at thirty eight, a little over thirty eight, I think. So I mean, you're looking at that number. But you know, if if you say okay, Lamar. You know, it's always a little bit more. It's usually not millions more, but you know. So if if Lamar goes to forty point five per year, okay, well that's good. But you know, then you've topped the last deal. But what if uh, what if Allen goes to forty point five? Then you're looking at forty one, or you know, or, or you got then you got to top that because Lamar probably deserves a slightly better contract than Allen. So you don't want hit. You don't want that to you know that to push, and then you go in the next year and. You know, somebody, another one of the quarterbacks that we're not even thinking about, you know, has an MVP type year. And then, you know, they get the deal at 40 or 42. And now you're looking at 43. So, I mean, the price always goes up. The cost has been very clear. And his, I mean, his history has been that he's going to, he wants to get guys done early. Um, you know, certainly a, a change from the Aussie years. Aussie let, let a lot of guys play it out. And Aussie was a former player, you know. You get what you're worth. And if you have a good year and, you know, the market says you're worth more than we're offering now, then, you know, we'll talk to you. And if, you know, if we really want you, we'll top it. So, you know, I mean, but the Costa seems to be of kind of, I mean, you know, in a lot of ways, the new school approach. And that's get your guys the way the Eagles have done it for a while. Green Bay as well. Get your guys done a year early. You're going to take some lumps on some guys. I mean, you know, you can look at Tavon Young and that's injuries, but they got him done early. Uh, it's not performance, um, but, you know, the deals are always going to go south. There's there's always going to be a deal or two that goes south, but um, getting them done early gets you at a, at a, at a better price point. And, and, and what do you think, you know, you talked about it, Lamar's agent situation. You know, how exactly does that complicate matters? Is it in the 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 nuances, the, the very subtle nuances, the nitty-gritty of the deal that it just takes longer to work out? It, how does that complicate things? Yeah, I mean, I think that the main thing there is, uh, I mean, it's twofold. It's you don't have a buffer. So, you know, if, if Lamar comes in and says, if Lamar and his, his, his mom and his advisors come in and say he's worth Mahomes money, you got to tell him he's not worth Mahomes money, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's hard to do, um, you know, and where it's an agent, you know, the agent, the agent gets it, you know, the agent will get it more. It's not personal. Um, you know, and I, I think that's a lot of it, especially, you know, and now maybe not with these deals with Lamar so much, but when you're looking at maybe an Andrews deal, if Andrews was doing it on his own and you're really looking at the nuances of comparing him to, you know, what range of tight ends is he in? Um, so Lamar's isn't probably that because I think we all know Lamar's, you know, is going to get a top level deal. Um, so maybe not so much there. Uh, the other is, and I kind of mentioned a little is just, knowing where the team is with the cap. And when the team comes in and says, we can only give you a $10 million bonus this year. Mm -hmm. And Lamar and his group are looking for a $30 million bonus. Having that understanding of the cap, not just the, okay, well, this is his cap number, but what the Ravens ha also have to do the rest of the year. Um, as far as, well, if his cap number is going to go up, where are we getting that money from? Because we have to pay for our practice spot. We have to have an injury reserve when we go in. We're adding, you know, there's a, there's the uh, the, we're under the rule of 51 now. The top 51 cap numbers are, are, are counting. But, you know, we've got to add two players when we get to 53. So that right there is, 
know, that's over, that's 1.2, 1.3 million. The practice squad's going to be roughly 2 million. The prices have gone up, you know, those kinds of things we have to account for mm-hmm. during the season, which we didn't until last year, when we can elevate guys during the season, their practice squads, their weekly practice squad salary goes up to uh, the minimum, you know, so that's, that's, so we have to factor all of those things in um, for money that we're going to need the rest of the season. Uh, plus we, and you know, with the Ravens, there are only a couple places they can get space from as far as restructure. So, you know, it can't be just like, well, you guys can restructure people and, you know, give us our $30 million bonus. Well, we can restructure some people, but we have reasons not to. And those are things agents are going to understand, mm-hmm. you know, okay, well, and right. you know, not that they're not, they have this case, but if there's a guy, you know, in the last couple of years of his deal, you probably don't want to restructure, you know, the agent's going to say, okay, I get that. You don't, you know, that's not a place you're going to go get money. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, Ronnie Stanley mm-hmm. is a place that they can go get money because he's younger and early in his deal. So those are, those are kind of the nuances with the cap and, and, and you know, and projecting for the, just this season, especially because of the rolled back cap from because of COVID that, that an agent can really understand that, you know, and, you know, maybe if Lamar and his advisor will be like, yeah, we get it. Okay, fine. We can make it work. Um, they haven't made it work yet, but we don't know how, you know, how deep they've gotten into it yet either. Mm-hmm. So something when, when Ozzy would do deals, a number of Joe Flacco, going back to that as an example, I don't remember the exact numbers, but you know, it's a $120 million contract. And in the first few years, it was 10, then 15. And then all of a sudden it balloons at the end of the contract that ultimately led to the, the second deal taking place where the cost has been more flat with the deals, you know, you try to kind of keep it even throughout the course of the contract. What do you expect a potential Lamar contract to look like in terms of years? I mean, we talked about the money. It's going to be right around 40. So a year. So how many years do you think a contract would look like? Um, and do you, do you expect that to try to be as flat as possible rather than pushing that as, you know, down the road three, four years? Yeah. I mean, I think his deal, I think this deal, Will certainly be flatter than Flacco's was. Flacco's had to be that structure just because of uh, where they were with the cap. Um, the Ravens are a much better cap shape than they have been in a lot of years. This year, I guess not so much because of the, the rollback, but they still were better than most teams, <laughs> you know. So, um, so they still are in a much better position. And even in the even in Ozzy's latter years, they started going to flatter structures. Um, Brandon Williams, even Pitto, they were much flatter. Williams' uh, deal got, uh, because of restructuring it so many times, it changed. Uh, but the original deal was a pretty flat structure. So uh, I would expect that same sort of thing. But this year, you know, his cap number is right around three. They can't really, uh, unless they're going to do wholesale restructures, they can't really push it much higher. Mm-hmm. So I would expect this this year to be, uh, relatively low, a couple mil- maybe a million or two more than it is right now. Um, and then um, next year, go up some. And then the last, I'm, I'm thinking a six-year deal. That's what Watson got. Uh, that adds four years to his present two years. Um, and then those last four years being relatively flat um, with the idea that as the cap goes up, you, you, know, you might be able to go a little more graduated uh, because we're expecting the cap to go up substantially in you know 2015 or 2025 sorry um or so so 
Um, so you could make it work that way. I mean, what what I'm looking at, if you use 40 on the on the dot and we talk about a contract, we talk about the, the average. That's the new money average. So that's the the added years. It's 40 million per year for the added year. So on a six year or four year extension, a six year deal, that would be your 160 million. He's presently due uh, this year was his base salary is only about two million. Um, I've got one point seven and then he's due like 23 point something on his um, fifth year option next year. So mm-hmm. you factor that all in. It's kind of a basically one hundred and seventy eight million six year deal. But that new money average mm-hmm. is that 40 mil for the new years. Uh, how that was decided, that was going to be the way to one of the benchmarks that it. But that is the standard. So so you're you're basically that would be kind of the deal. Um, and you know, your, your cap numbers over the, uh, the, the back end of a deal like that. Um, I mean, the way I kind of, I kind of roughed one out, um, if they're trying to keep his cap number as low as possible this year, his cap number could be about 4.2 million. Um, and that's on a, that's on a $10 million bonus. So we get a $10 million bonus this year. Um, that counts 2 million each year. Um, and that takes us this his present cap number up to about four. And then he, next year he gets a $30 million op- option bonus. Uh, well, I mean, Flacco got what? 27. Mm-hmm. I think Flacco's was yeah. 27. Didn't he, didn't he, after Flacco got the 27 million, didn't he go down and flaunt that to Michael Campanera? The <laughs> yeah, court? that's I the story. That I think story. he did show him the check. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, really. Here's the check. Um, I'm sure that was direct deposit. It was just the stub showing it. <laughs> yeah, I would exactly. Be, I would be walking around with a check like that, even at the banks a mile and a half away. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sense of security. See, this is why Lamar doesn't need an agent, Brian, because he just can listen to the podcast. You just basically laid out the entire contract. Are you working on the inside here? Are you expecting a commission check uh, on hey, this? Hey I, hey, I would love it. I'd take a percent. I agents get, what, three and something? I, I'd be happy to take a half a percent of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just get whatever falls off the back of the truck of that deal. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, but did you finish laying that out? I thought okay. you were about. I, I cut yeah, you off. So kinda. the cap charges, you know. So again, it's it's, it's 107. I'm sorry, 187 total when you add in those new years um, for six years. Mm-hmm. So you've got cap numbers of four million, a little over four million, eighteen in next year. Then it would jump to 33, 43, 44. And forty six, um, but forty six isn't until twenty twenty six. So you yeah. know by then, uh, you know I mean if the cap goes up, and it's going to go up roughly ten this year, but it should jump the next couple of years, more like twenty, you know a year. It was ten under the old CBA. We were kind of expecting it to jump fifteen this year. I mean we're so we're already that mm-hmm. far behind where we would have been. Um, but it should jump substantially when that TV money comes in. They try to flatten it out, but at some point they're going to have to they're going to have to you know have to take the reins off because it's got to jump at some point more than ten or or twelve or fifteen. So, yeah. um, Watson had one you, year in his deal, I believe, was was like forty three, um, and I think if I remember looking, that was in twenty twenty three. So Lamar wouldn't get the forty three in our, in this deal till twenty twenty four. And then just go up a little bit each year beyond that. Um, so I mean, we, I mean, we're talking big money. I mean, you know, there's no, there's no way to cut it. You know, um, if you're going, if you're going to yeah. pay, and, and he's worth it, you know, you're going to have to pay. I mean, you know, that's the bottom line. Unless you're, 
Was it Bucky Brooks that said they should go on the uh, the, uh, <laughs> the college plan. plan or something like yeah. that and draft it? Well, unless you or, or you're the Steelers, you know, you just keep saying, Ben, yeah, we're going to keep extending you, and then you get to the end of it, and you're like, actually, we're not going right, to pay well, you that. Right, uh, well, stay I mean, you get down that far down the line, and, you know, he's got to take that, but what are you getting as your quarterback at that point? You know, they're, they're banking on right. it being, you know, at least as good as early next year, but, you know, with the evidence at the end of the year wasn't very looking very good, so. Yeah, uh, I'm curious. Do you think that the whole pass rusher free agent situation is at all related to Lamar's contract? You know, there there's reports that they had Justin Houston in for a visit. Obviously, nothing has happened since then, and kind of pundits and fans, everybody's been like, "All right, are we signing a veteran pass rusher or are we not?" Uh, do you feel like that could kind of they kind of might be waiting to see if, if Lamar's contract is going to get done and he has a higher salary cap number this year? as to whether they bring somebody in? I mean, I think it factors in. They do have some leeway with some restructures to get more space if they need it. They, at this point, mm-hmm. they won't need to do it soon, but they may need to do it. You know, if they have a rash of injuries during the season, they might have to restructure anybody at that somebody at that time to create the space. And, mm-hmm. and anyway, they've done a couple of those during the seasons in the past. Uh, no need to do it now because if you don't have any injuries, you know, fingers crossed, then you don't need to restructure anybody. So why worry about it? Um, I mean, at this point, I mean, Houston's probably, I mean, he's the only name out there that is going to command any kind of money. Um, I mean, I don't think there's been much interest in Melvin Ingram. I guess he's the next guy in line probably, but he's coming Mm -hmm. off of injury. And, uh, you know, since there's been such a lack lack of interest, I don't think you're going to need a huge uh, amount of cap space to get him in. Maybe he comes in at 3 million a year. I don't know, you know, and then you're going to put incentives in. So maybe it's lower than that as far as a cap number. You can earn $3 million, something like that. I mean, Houston's a guy that, I mean, I guess, I mean, you know, all reports were from everywhere that he was asking too much, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, now he's banking on somebody getting desperate, either through an injury or, you know, you're in camp and it's, oh, wow, these guys are terrible and we, re- we really need to get somebody in here, mm-hmm. you know. So, <laughs> right. but at this point, I mean, I guess some team could blow him away. Um, but I can't imagine him getting, you know, more than a $5 million cap number. Maybe there's incentives and, you know, incentives that he can earn that will count against next year's cap. If he, I think he had like nine sacks. Mm -hmm. So if he gets 10, he gets an extra million dollars or something like that. Um, or, or something Mm -hmm. more graduated, you know, 500 K at 10, and you know, another 500 at 12 or something like that. But, uh, you know, I mean, guys, generally guys don't, unless it's a big name that gets cut really late. Um, guys aren't getting paid. I mean, that that great of money, you know, this point of this point of the year, and and with the with everybody's cap being so tight, there aren't a lot of teams out there, um, you know, that, that have there's just fl- flushing cash. They're going to be able to just say, oh yeah, we'll give you ten yeah. million. If he was looking for ten million. I don't see him getting anywhere near that now. And then another guy's contract who uh, that is looming is Mark Andrews. How do you feel like the Lamar extension could impact Mark's? Yeah, I mean, I think that probably comes uh, more into play um, because you want to get I think you want to get Lamar's deal done to see where you are. Also, to see if you, you know, if you need to bring in a pass rusher. Uh, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm guessing uh, he might be, you know, again, maybe they don't want a pass rusher. Maybe that's that's where they are at this point. Um, But my guess is if they do want a pass rusher, Andrews is probably third in line. And something to keep in, in mind with Andrews is the franchise tag for a tight end 
is very reasonable mm-hmm. as far as franchise tax go. It's still probably next year going to be around 10 million, but you're probably going to be paying them 10 million a year anyway. Um, not right. not in that first year cap number. Um, if you get a deal done with Lamar next year, one of the things I didn't mention uh, or I didn't really hit was in you know the proposal I made. He had an 18 million dollar cap number, so that saves five over that fifth year option. So you can make his deal work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be five. It could be four or three. But you're probably they can probably make that number come down a little. So that's creating a little more cap space that allows you to do a little more next year. So um, I think Andrews is probably um, if they don't get it done this year, you know, that's going to be one of those. You know, I mean, you don't want to franchise tag Lamar and have that, it's not next year anyway. But there's probably nobody else on the mm-hmm. team unless somebody you know just has a you know crazy year. Um, that you're looking at franchising next year. I, I, I have to look at the list of free agents, but I think those, you know, the top ones. So, I mean, you know, that that's something they just go and then if, if they can't get it done, they go in the next off season saying, look, we want to get you done. Here's what we're willing to do. But if not, you know, we've got this franchise tag at, you know, a, a reasonable $10 million in our back pocket. Right. Right. If, if he's making the average of the top five tight ends, he's definitely one of the top five tight ends. So, He's, yeah. he's worth it. Right. So one thing I'm, I'm curious about, Brian, is is when we look at the teams around the league, like uh, this is the time as we're laying it out. And you talk about all the all the different moves the Rams would have to make if they're freeing up cap space. And, and you hear these numbers that they got $5 million against $5 million in cap space, $10 million in cap space. And then you see a team like the Chiefs. And they have signed Mahomes, they have signed Tyreek Hill, they've signed Travis Kelsey, Tyra Matthew, Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Joe Thune. Then they're going to get Orlando Brown. It's like, are they playing with a different set of rules? How does that happen? Explain this to me. This is Monopoly yeah. rules <laughs> for them. They're playing not, a, not with a different set of rules, but with a different set of intentions. Maybe, we'll, maybe I can put it that way. So when they signed um, uh, the defensive uh, – Jones. When, when they signed Jones. Jones, he was yeah. coming off the franchise tag. So when they so okay, we signed him a massive deal, but his 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 um his cap number on the franchise tag was monstrous. It was in the twenty million. So you sign mm-hmm. him for I don't know what his first remember what his first year cap number, but if it was fifteen, they saved ten million dollars in that transaction. They restructured a bunch of players um, um, to. Uh, Sammy Watkins was one last year when they were doing those deals. They restructured. I think he took an actual pay cut, if I remember correctly, to mm-hmm. stay. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a couple other guys, a couple of the the, the uh, offensive linemen. Um, they restructured them. Now they're both not there anymore, but they restructured them um, in order to create cap space to get these deals done. Hill's deal was one of those last year. Um, so so that and then this year, then they cut the offensive linemen. And I believe that might have saved them like thirteen million between the two of them, or something like that. Not as granted, it was not as much as if they had not restructured the new year before. Um, but you know, so mm-hmm. they're they're on the the New Orleans Saints plan right now. Even though basically, they, it's gonna come. There's gonna come a day where it's all gonna. They're gonna have to pay the piper, basically. Well, they're banking on the huge increase in the cap mm. uh, down the road, mm. and they're a pretty good drafting team. That, that they feel that they can, you know, that some of these guys, when they get to the latter part of the parts of the contract, they can cut them loose and replace them. Um, and they'll take, you know, some cap hits, but they won't be terrible. Now, the Saints, uh, the Saints, you know, they did it at a time. 
And of course, this year was supposed to be a nice jump. Um, and they were timing it with, you know, what they expected to be breezes last year. Um, so some of those void years and pushing it off into the future could have been swallowed up a little nicer. Uh, but obviously the team and the, the, the Falcons did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they restructured Matt Ryan a couple of times and made him untradeable, unreleasable. Um, you know, and that, that, you know, so that's come to bite them. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the Steelers have done the same thing to an extent and that's why, you know, they were where they were with Ben um, and they, they couldn't push, they didn't want to push it anymore. Um, and then the only, the only way he was staying probably was taking the pay cut. You know, if he, if he doesn't take the pay cut, they probably aren't keeping him given that they didn't seem have any interest in extending him and certainly understandable at his age. That whole thing just, I, I I won't stop talking about this. I just thought that was so shady, uh, you know. And I'm not sitting here like a Ben Roethlisberger fan, but like to back your guy into a corner and say if you don't take a hey, you're not loyal if you don't take the pay cut. Basically, is what he would have been saying to fans. You're like, just a Ben Roethlisberger apologist. This is what it sounds like to me. I'm not. I just I just thought that that was so like, yeah, you know, either Ben Ben had one of two choices. He could just walk away and retire when he still wants to play, or he had to t- swallow a big pay cut because they just kept pushing it down the line. I just thought it was kind of bad yeah, business. I mean, and I kind of I kind of want other players around the league to recognize right. that is what I want. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for that. I mean, we've obviously seen quarterbacks, Montana, uh, Unitas, you know, end up with different teams you know, great quarterbacks, you know, end up with uh, different teams at the end of their contracts. Uh, but those were, those were trades. There, there were teams that wanted them. And obviously that was before contracts were such that, you know, you, you, you nobody was trading for Ben's contract. You know, now he could have been released and right. maybe, you know, somebody might've signed him, but yeah, I mean, when you're a legacy, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to go somewhere on your own at that point when you've, you know, you've got, you know, 15 years or whatever he has in with that team. It's, it's a lot mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. That's sure. a side, that's just a side rant. The, the Ben uh, Osberger uh, pity party that you're throwing over there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't pity the guy. I'm just saying, I, I, anyway. All right. Are there any other Ravens 22 free agents, uh, that you could see them reach an, ex- an extension with before they hit the market? I'm talking about Bradley Bozeman, Anthony Averett, Deshaun Elliott, Brandon Williams could be a guy that could get an extension. I think, you know, Calais Campbell is going to be unrestricted next year, but he, you know, not so subtly hinted at the fact that he could retire after this year, you know, TBD. But any of those other guys that you could see them reaching an extension with either before this season or during the season even? I I kind of feel like there's nobody at this time. Um, With Bozeman, you got to, I mean, you got to find out if he can play center, if that's what you're, you know, if you're going to make him the center. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I mean, we, you know, we saw last year, you know, early in the season, uh, Skura was, you know, playing, you know, back healthy and playing well. And then, you know, he gets the yips with the the snaps and Makari has the same trouble. And, you know, and before that, there didn't seem to be much of a problem there. So, you know, I I think you got to, I think with Bozeman, you have to, uh, you got to, you know, you got to roll the dice. I mean, if he, if he has an all pro year, then, you know, you got to decide whether, you know, the price just went up substantially, but unless they get him on a sweetheart deal, you know, um, where they feel, you know, or they feel they can move him back to guard if it doesn't work out at center, they've got such a, you know, such a dearth of, uh, I mean, such a surplus of, 
you know, young guards, you know, competing for the spot. And I'm not sure you, you know, you want to sign him with the idea, oh, well, we can always move him back to guard. And then all these guys you've mm-hmm. drafted, you know, aren't, aren't, you know, aren't as useful perhaps. So, I mean, I guess that's a possibility if they get the right number, well, we can always move him back to guard, but I would think they'd wait if, if, if he's the center of the future, uh, you know, I would think they would have to wait on that just to be sure. Um, you know, Elliot, I'm not sure. He and Clark are very similar guys. Um, you you kind of like to have a, that free safety. I mean, you're not going to have an Ed Reed again, but you'd like to have somebody who really has some some coverage skills on the back end and some center field skills at some point. So, um, you know, I, I I don't know if you uh, – but if you get – I mean, Clark's extension, the Clark, extension Clark got certainly, you know, didn't set them back in any way or, you know, if, if Clark, you know – it underperformed it wasn't going to be the end of the world so if they get that kind of deal in the way wink likes to move people around and you know his sub packages and things i mean elliot could be a possibility uh, brandon williams i i would think if they were going to extend him they would have done it uh when they did the the most recent restructure where, where he actually took a pay cut um because you can cover up a pay cut with some future money um so that if that was, you know, if, if, and maybe he's thinking I'm not, maybe he's thinking he's taking it year by year and, you know, didn't want to commit and didn't want to put the mm-hmm. Ravens in a bind by, uh, you know, giving them a, a bigger, a bonus and then, you know, having to eat that money next year. So maybe that was just a one, Hey, you know, let's do it this way now. And, you know, we'll see where we are next year. Um, but if he wants to play, I mean, I, you know, I think he's still playing at a high level. So, uh, you know, a, a two, two year deal certainly would make sense for him. Um, and, you know, maybe midseason right. he's playing great and they say we can't do it without you next year. And he's saying, I feel great. Let's do it. You know, and maybe they maybe they do a deal then. Or it's something where they want to trade for somebody or whatever they need or an injury like we talked about earlier. They need to bring somebody else in. They need to free up a little bit more money. And that's one mechanism. Yeah, absolutely. To do it, perhaps. Well, well, we'll finish with this one. And this one comes from we, I, we got an interesting question on Twitter uh, from Adit Mahmood. And he asked, uh, what are the odds that Lamar signs an extension that gives him a fixed percentage of the salary cap instead of the normal extension structure? I thought I'd never even thought about that possibility. Is that totally out of left? No, that's been that's been thrown around. There was a lot of talk on his last deal that Aaron Rodgers would shoot for that um, because Mm -hmm. he was I think he was coming off of his MVP year at that time. Uh, Maybe I don't know if he was coming off the Super Bowl, but um I think it was the MVP year. So, yeah, I mean, that's been, you know, thrown around. I, I think with, with certainly, you know, respecting the hell out of Lamar, I think it's got to come from that kind of thing has to come from a Tom Brady in his prime and Aaron Rodgers in his prime, uh, Pat Mahomes in his prime. Mm -hmm. So if Pat Mahomes didn't get it, I really don't see, um, I really don't see Lamar getting that, Um, you know, especially because of the uniqueness of his, of his abilities, um, which, you know, I'm, you know, maybe they, uh, you know, maybe they go in favor of being able to do that. Um, but when, you know, unfortunately when legs are part of your game, uh, that, that length of that contract, that kind of thing, um, becomes a little more dangerous mm-hmm. from the team perspective. Um, you know, not, I mean, I think, you know, the Ravens as, as they move forward would, would, you know, prefer Lamar to take another step and another step as a quarterback. And rely, you know, have that in his back pocket because that scrambling ability is crazy. Right. But you know, run less designed plays, mix them in a little more, 
Um, you know, so I would think that would be uh, that percentage of the cap. Maybe there's a guy out there at some point, um, you know, maybe it's maybe it's Lawrence, you know, maybe when he comes up for his deal in three to four years. And if he set the world on fire, you know, maybe he's that guy that could do that. You know, as a young player wins a couple of Super Bowls, I don't know that Jacksonville's going to progress um, that quickly. But, you know, um, yeah. but I think it's got to be that top, top you know, guy who, whose quarterback skills are just, you know, untouchable almost. I think Brady definitely could have asked for that. He played ball. He, you know, whether it was his wife's salary, you know, income that allowed him to play for less up there. But he was the guy because, I mean, Super Bowl, Super Bowl after Super Bowl, play, you know, AFC championships, et cetera. You know, if there was any guy that was going to ask for that kind of thing, he was the guy. Hmm. Right. Cool. Well, thank yeah, you so absolutely. much, Brian. And, uh, you know, when Lamar calls you to be part of his uh, negotiating group, you let us know. So we got an inside that source. Sounds good. Well, if you, yeah, if, I'm waiting for if you're call. taking half a percent, you know, you need to give <laughs> Ryan and I each 10% of your half percent. Hey, you know, I, we'll still take that. If it happens that way, I'm all it, I, it, signed, sealed, and delivered right here. <laughs> <laughs> And for all our listeners out there, you can find uh, find Brian at Russell Street Report and on Twitter at Ravens Salary Cap. So thanks again, Brian. We really yeah, appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Always fun. Well, really interesting stuff about Lamar. Uh, what's your What's your gut tell you right now, Garrett? We getting one done before the season starts? Give you the same question I gave Brian. Yeah, and I asked you that question last week. Um, I can't remember. <laughs> I think you said yes. I'm going to say yes. I just feel like there seems to be a lot of smoke in that direction. And it seems mm-hmm. like, you know, Lamar, as we've talked about before on the podcast, he and his team keep things close to the vest. They don't let a lot of things out. There's not a lot of scoops. And Ian Rappaport talked about that when he, when he joined us uh, this mm-hmm. offseason. But the fact that the, the, the Ravens have made it so clear that Lamar's the guy, he's going to get the contract. It's only a matter of time. And that you hear those, these reports that, they want a deal done before camp and before the season and all that. It just seems like it's going to happen. It, it just mm-hmm. the, the the wind seems to be blowing in that direction, and I would expect that a deal gets done. Were you worried watching Lamar play pickup uh, football on a on a basketball court? Was I worried? No, I wasn't. I mean, like I think <laughs> you know he's mostly playing against kids that are I don't know high school at best. Maybe some right. <laughs> some look, of those th- kids out there were like eight years old. So those kids look like more better athletes than you. I'd be worried if you know you're gangly, well, here, flailing the, around and tripping up Lamar. You know, there's two there's two parts skills. to that question. One was I worried watching him. I was not worried watching him. Two, would I do that if I were on the verge of forty million dollars a year? No, I would not. I wouldn't leave the house. <laughs> I would truly be in a bunker because I would be too scared to do anything. But I, I trust you're, always, you're a scurred guy. A whole you're a lot more than mine. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, do you, I, that's, I just feel like it's, you know, Brian laid a lot of it out. I mean, he, he provided a lot of details for how this thing could go, but it just seems to me like the the wind seems to be blowing in that direction, and I, I think that a deal probably gets done. All right, well, before we go, we still have more questions that are piled up in the mailbag. As always, you can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Garrett, go ahead and hit me with one of those questions. Yeah, so this question comes to us from Nicholas. 
Nicholas asks about the possibility. He's really intrigued by the possibility of Brandon Stevens becoming a rare safety cornerback mm. hybrid flying all over the field uh, with Malik Martindale as a defensive coordinator. Uh, the fact that the Ravens drafted him so high tells me that they had big plans for him. It'd be really fun to have a super versatile wild, wild card type DB making some noise on the defensive side of the ball in the near future. Keep up the great work. And also, I'll let your boy for some extra shirts, is what he says. So, Nick, I'll, I'll try to get you a shirt. I'll try to get you a shirt. But like I said, they're they're running low right now. We're going to have to replenish the arsenal. Um, <laughs> so what do you think? I mean, I think with Brandon Stevens, just real quick, like when the Ravens drafted him in the third round, I think a lot of people said, huh, that's an interesting move. Like this mm-hmm. is a guy, former running back, um, I don't think was quite on the radar as much as some of the other players that the Ravens drafted. So when the Ravens take him at that point, well, then he, then he played cornerback uh, at SMU. And then the Ravens are basically like, we're going to have him play safety. And so you're like, okay, this is a running back corner safety. Like, what is this guy? And mm-hmm. so there was just like some intrigue uh, about what he's going to do. And I, I mean, I think that he's certainly far from a finished product. I mean, raw, um, but has really good size. And the ability to play both sides of the ball clearly tells you that the guy just from a, you know, body movement and control standpoint is, is really talented. So do, well, I thought what, it was do you really see him kind of being with this versatile yeah. wild card type role? I, I thought it was really interesting because he did play both spots in OTAs and minicamp. You know, he started out and, and in rookie camp, I want to say he was at cornerback the whole time. And then I think early in OTAs, I'm trying to remember exactly here, he was still playing mostly corner. And then we saw him, playing a fair amount of safety as practices went on. So the Ravens are definitely giving him reps at both spots. Um, and I thought was what was particularly notable about him at safety was that like, it was just interesting to watch him make the checks and, and communicating with his teammates and, and kind of pre-snap movements and all that stuff. Because like, you know, he's never done that. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that is all new. The, playing safety in the NFL is already a pretty big jump for a college safety, right? Because <laughs> the game is just so much more complicated. Like even even um, who was it? Uh, Patrick Queen was saying like his pass coverage was really different because there's so many more route combinations in the NFL than you, he sees in college. And so like kind of picking all that up, you know, took a year. Well, mm-hmm. here's Brandon Stevens, who was a running back for most of his college career. Played two years at corner, which you're not doing a ton of moving around. I mean, slot to outside or whatever, there's some, but it's a whole different ballgame at safety. And just seeing him kind of adapt and not, honestly, not look completely lost was a good thing. Like, that's a good sign. So, um, you know, this isn't an exact comparison, but Ladarius Webb was a player who played some corner and safety in college at, at, I want to say, Nichols State. He was a small school guy ended up playing corner, kind of a versatile corner role early in his career at the Ravens and then finished his career in Baltimore playing safety. Um, And was a a really good player. You know, had he not suffered injuries, would have been a better player. Maybe Brandon Stevens could be that kind of guy. You know, he's bigger bodied than Ladarius. He's a little bit built different. Yeah, that's the thing that, like, that's what stuck out to me when I first saw Stevens. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, big. Like, this guy, he's he's more in the size mold, like, Almost a Jimmy Smith. No, I mean, he's not that tall. He's not that he's tall. He's six foot one. 
He's six foot one, two hundred fifteen pounds. How tall is Jimmy? Six two. Yeah, so one whole inch, one whole inch of a difference. Hmm. He doesn't strike me as big and, as Jimmy. And, I agree with you. He's, he's like also thickly built. This is but classic. This is classic you. He's an inch shorter and he's five pounds heavier than Jimmy. So what are you talking about? He's not as big as Jimmy. He, you're, he's, he's not. Bigger. He's bigger. I'm telling. I'm telling you, if you put them side by side, he would not look like Jimmy Smith. Yeah, well, there's a thing called a scale. And so a guy steps on it, and it tells you oh, exactly how much they weigh. Trust me. I know all about scales, okay? Trust me. <laughs> Your boy been packing on the LBs. I know about scales. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, that's how you justify it. I haven't, I'm not that much bigger than I used to be. I'm not that much bigger. <laughs> yeah, weight, so, weight, but, but Steve, weight and Steve, size is all relative. <laughs> Stevens is big. Like, the guy, he, he is more in that mold. So, like... I like if he's playing safety, like he has the size to be a guy that comes up at the line of scrimmage and makes plays in the running game. But the Ravens like his coverage ability, played cornerback, uh, like we just talked about in college. And so he could be a guy that floats around the back end and makes plays back there too. So here's one thing with Stevens the Ravens have their two starting safeties this year with Chuck Clark and Deshaun Elliott. So Stevens is going to have to carve out a role for himself first on special teams. But if he, Mm -hmm. if he impresses, then I think that the Ravens will find a way to get him onto the field, like Anthony Levine. Anthony Levine has played not a ton of defensive snaps, but he's definitely been on the field in defensive packages throughout his career. Yeah, could different points of his Ste- career, he's played a fair amount. Yeah, like could Stevens be that type of player this year? Like that maybe. Swiss Army knife kind of player? Yeah, yeah, I maybe. think so. Now, 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 Levine was more a little bit more of a Swiss Army knife in playing some like linebacker. Um, I don't know that Brandon Stevens will be that, but I do think that he could be a versatile kind of Swiss Army knife type player for this defense. Yeah, yeah. All right, one more question here before we wrap up. This is from Will Saunders. Uh, he said, training camp is rapidly approaching, and he's been wrestling with one of the most discussed offseason topics, our receiving core and passing game. His question is, are we fairly evaluating these guys? The Ravens don't throw the ball much, and our receivers don't get many opportunities outside of Hollywood. So... You know, basically, he says if it's a longer email, but if Boykin drops a pass, then everyone says he's no good. Um, and I have a feeling that we're going to release two to three receivers that are actually really good and thrive with more opportunities. This is a kind of an argument that you've made, which is mm-hmm. you have to, to some extent, grade these receivers and passing game overall on a curve. The Ravens throw the ball exactly. less than other teams. So, you know, a receiver on another team might have seven passes thrown his way in a game. The Ravens are only going to have a guy get I don't know, three to four opportunities exactly. in the game exactly for the ravens receivers it's about efficiency what do you do with the opportunities it's not necessarily about what the numbers are at the end of the day you know receiving numbers catches touchdowns all that stuff it's are you making the plays when when the ball is thrown your way that's the question and um but you know i i don't you know i i don't think the ravens like have a eight stud wide receivers on their roster right now where those guys who don't make the team are going to turn into, you know, necessarily starters elsewhere. But sure, like, you know, I do think that that competition, as we wrote, as I wrote about in Mailbag this week, is really tight for the sixth wide receiver spot if they keep six guys, you know. And and Boykin, you know, the guy who I think would fit uh, the, the profile of what this question is about would be Boykin. I, I do think if the Ravens were to just part ways with Boykin, from the athletic perspective that I've seen, and you know he hasn't had a lot of opportunities, he could go elsewhere and and 
do pretty well. You know, I don't know that he's going to be a thousand yard guy, but I, I think he could go elsewhere and, and do well. And that also speaks to kind of the trade talk that we had discussed also in reference to Boykin on another episode. Does another team say, hey, we think in our system, with as much as we throw the ball and the potential this guy has, he could do really well where he's kind of not getting as many looks in the Ravens system. So, Yeah, and, and the one point I'll say just on Boykin, he's played 32 games. I mean, he's played 16 games in each of the last two seasons. So, like, the Ravens have seen him. Like, they've been able to evaluate yeah. him. It's not like if they go through training camp, they're going to be right. like, ah, I don't know what we have in this guy. I mean, it's his third season. They, they know yes. what they have in him. Yes, I would agree. James Prochet is a guy who like yes. we really Prochet haven't seen a whole category. lot of in games. Yep. Yes. So, anyway, thanks for the emails. As always, you can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Thank you to, to Brian McFarlane for joining us. We will be back with you next week. <laughs> <laughs>